Welcome to the Wannabe Hunting Podcast. This is your host, the wannabe hunter, Amos Medford. We appreciate you tuning in today and listening. Today we have an exciting episode with Hunter McWaters from the Hunter's Quest Podcast. You're going to enjoy hearing uh, everything that he has to say, and he's going to give you a lot of encouragement to get out there and adventure and try some stuff with your hunts. And it's a uh, it's a good one. So I hope you guys enjoy and uh, give his uh, podcast a listen as well when you get a chance. Thanks again so much for all the support uh, over on Instagram. Uh, definitely check us out there. That's where we do most of our uh, activity, and uh, we've got uh, some cool things coming. Got a, uh, a giveaway coming up uh, uh, on later today. Um, so anyway, all that uh, all that info will be coming. So we appreciate you tuning in. We appreciate the support. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode with Hunter McWaters. We'll kind of jump in and uh, just get an idea of your background and, you know, how you got into hunting and, of course, where it's taking you from there. Yeah, sure, dude. Sure. Sounds good. Awesome, man. So uh, how how did you get started? <laughs> uh, hunting? Yes, sir. Yeah, man. So, um, man, I was fortunate that my dad got me into hunting. Um, so, man, I've been doing it like for as long as like like as long as i can remember i remember my dad i remember being too young to go but my dad you know would be going out on trips and um just i was just intrigued by the whole thing from the beginning like we had this closet in our house that he called the hunting closet and Mm -hmm. um you know he he would go out for trips and he'd start pulling out gear and getting all his stuff ready and i was just totally uh, i just couldn't wait to be old enough to go and then man i was probably Jeez, I don't even know, maybe around four or five or something when he gave me uh, my first like Red Rider BB gun mm-hmm. and, you know, started teaching me, you know, basics of like um, gun safety stuff. And at first he, um, you know, would take me out and shoot it with me. And then it wasn't long before I just had free reign with that thing. And, uh, right. you know, I grew up on a marsh here in the lower Chesapeake Bay. So I would literally like stalk these like fiddler crabs, these little like I don't know, like wine cork sized crabs that lived in the marsh and I would like stalk them and hunt them and, um, you know, birds and rabbits. And I got a little bow and I started, you know, bow hunting rabbits. And I remember the first time I shot a rabbit with my bow and, um, and then, uh, you know, as I got old enough, my dad started taking me dove hunting and, um, you know, I pretty cool. He, I remember he, um, he called me in my sister called me in She's like, dad's got a surprise for you. And it was this, uh, you know, 20 gauge youth model 870. Um, mm-hmm. And I was just freaking pumped, man. And we went yeah. out dove hunting. Yeah. And I actually, um, I, I uh, killed a dove on my first time out with that thing, which is pretty good. I think I was about eight years old. And um, nice. yeah. And then he would take me duck hunting. And um, so just worked my way up. Then around 14, um, I got permission semi-randomly through a guy at church to to deer hunt on this big piece of property he had on the eastern shore of virginia um near a town called eastville and um and uh so i got into bow hunting it was a bow and shotgun only county and so i just really dove into bow hunting and uh, i remember that first night sitting on the tree stand and watching like 14 deer out in this little bean field like just out of bow range, but still close, like inside a hundred yards, probably 75 yards. 
um, which was out of my range at that time. But um, just being able to watch those deer, they had no idea I was there. They were super comfortable, and I was just hooked. So I really gravitated, even though my dad was more of a bird hunter and a uh, waterfowl hunter, I really gravitated towards a big game and just threw myself into bow hunting and immersed myself into that all through high school. And then, um, and then lately in the last couple of years, moved in into the, you know, traveling, these adventure style hunts, backpack hunting, going out West Alaska and stuff like that. So yeah, man, that's kind of how I got started in a brief nutshell. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, I, you know, kind of started, I started as an, basically as an adult, but, Okay. Uh, you know, kind of started with just like deer and turkey, but I'm interested in getting into some of the waterfowl, you know, duck hunting and stuff like that. So, yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I love, like I said, I love um, big game hunting, but like there's, there's nothing quite, there's nothing more fun or at least, yeah, there's nothing more fun than a good like dove hunt, man. Like it is, if you can find a good dove field, it's usually, you know, you know, late summer, early fall, the weather's usually pretty good. And if you got lots of birds flying, that's just so fun. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I'll have to, I'll have to try that too. Yeah, man. You, you kind of alluded to it, but you know, you've definitely gotten into the big game and the backcountry type stuff, which is yeah. pretty cool. I've, I've listened to you talk about it on the on the podcast. And you know, how did you go from, you know, I I think it was your first episode. You're talking about uh, you and maybe your maybe your cousin yeah going going public land hunting there in virginia you know how did it transition from that to alaska (laughs) yeah so um i've always had this like just draw towards adventure and exploration and and that kind of stuff but for a long time you know if you listen to some of my early podcasts i kind of go into it um you know i was i went through a dark period of my life where i was um you know a drug addict at one point and and i was super overweight so like these big trips and stuff were never something that was really within my grasp um just where i was in my life but um but then yeah as i as i cleaned my life up and got clean i've been clean now for five years and um but so you know that um that desire for adventure and the ability to do it physically um was rekindled Uh, it was always there but i just had been numbing myself for so long but then um it started to slowly reawaken and um started like you said with that that trip with my cousin um where you know even through my dark times i would still deer hunt and stuff like that but um but but i wanted to i was like man you know um you know, I don't have the ability this year to like go out of state or do some kind of crazy trip, but there's, you know, tons of wild, uh, you know, public land out in the Western part of the state in the mountains. I just wanted to get some fun and some adventure. So yeah, I grabbed my cousin and we went out there and I just kind of whetted my appetite for it. And then, um, a friend of mine, um, an older gentleman, but a guy kind of a local legend around here named Bill Dixon. I was spending some time with him and my dad. He's a friend of my dad's. And he was telling all these stories about going out and, um, you know, um, making a spike camp and hunting for mule deer and elk. And, and I was just like, man, I want to do that. Like, you know, and I had thought about Western hunting before, but I was always kind of making the excuses, you know, oh, it's too hard. You know, I don't have the, I don't know about getting the tags. Um, you know, it's complicated, blah, blah, blah. Just making excuses basically. Um, 
but then you know after hearing this guy talk it just fired me up and i was like man i, I don't want to i don't want to be you know i don't want to grow to be 60 70 years old never having done this stuff and look back and just be like yeah well i always wanted to do that but it was hard so i didn't like how lame is that you know <laughs> so right like i want to get old and have stories to tell my kids and um, memories you know and i'll get to live life to the fullest so that year yeah. i decided i'm doing it i don't care what it takes i'm gonna figure it out um and then just by like divine providence um a friend of a friend which i'd only hunted with maybe once or twice kind of just acquaintances really didn't know him hadn't spoken to him in years and um and he sent me a message on instagram and he was like um hey man i'm doing this uh you know walk-in caribou hunt in alaska it should be pretty wild i need a partner like is that something you might be interested in and uh, i was just like yeah like let's let's do this man and um <laughs> he uh he had done the trip before he's former navy special warfare and um so you know he's in super good shape and i was I had started my fitness journey a little bit, but I was still a little pudgy. And uh, and so he kind of sold me on the trip a little bit, you know, like, oh, you know, it won't be that bad and stuff. And um, But then I started researching, like, what it was actually going to entail. And I was like, wow, this is going to be intense. So that's when I really started training and, and hitting it hard and just dove into this world. This is the first time I had really – I had truck camped and hunted. But this is the first time I went – you know, where we were going multiple, multiple miles into the wilderness with only what we could carry uh, for multiple days. Um, and so this is a whole new ball game. And so I just dove into podcasts and websites and um, just learning everything I could and started training super hard and just had this goal. Um, so it was basically almost a full year of just training and learning and getting gear and practicing um and it was amazing man and um mm. and so after that first trip man i just realized like you know it was like a rebirth into hunting it was like i started hunting all over again and uh, gotten really top physical shape um you know learned a lot and and realized like this is the next step in my evolution as a hunter and so this is something i want to do long term and um so yeah that that kind of leads me to where i am now and um it's kind of come full circle so this year i'm I'm leading a trip uh, with my cousin and my uncle, and my dad out to Wyoming to do some antelope hunting nice. on top of a couple other trips I got planned. Um, but that'll be in October. And it's been cool to like help, you know, go from knowing nothing about it to now I'm helping them acquire their tags and get their preference points. And, right. and you know, I'm putting in the draw and, and kind of leading the trip. So it's, it's really cool, man. It's been a cool evolution. Yeah. That's awesome to go from the one, like, having no clue and needing help to literally like, you know, facilitating it for someone else. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's been fun. Yeah. Very cool. That, uh, you know, that kind of makes me think, I know, you know, on your podcast and all you have some emphasis on health and fitness, Yeah. you know, like me, you know, I'm hunting in Florida primarily. Right. Um, I actually do. My brother lives in Lynchburg, so I may have some opportunities, oh, nice. uh, you know, there in Western Virginia at some point. Um, but, you know, for the most part, you know, my furthest stand is, you know, 500 yards or whatever that I would need to walk. But, right. you know, I can still see from getting out there that I could be in, you know, in better physical shape and all that. What uh, what have you found that works as far as, you know, training and the stuff that you've kind of gotten into as far as working out? Um, is there like some 
you know, obviously there's some maintenance type stuff and then some stuff's probably very specific to what hunt you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I, it had been like a, it's been like a, it was like a two year journey from beginning to end with me. Like I said, I got, I'm about six foot tall and I was at one point up to 250 pounds, um, and no muscle. Yeah. I mean, just total, just fat and like no strength. And now I'm about 175, 177. Um, and so, you know, that's about 75 pound loss and gained a ton of muscle through that. And it's been a journey. Um, so that's why, like you said, maintenance, you definitely want to like have a base level of fitness. Like if you want to have the flexibility to do these mountain hunts and stuff. Um, so, you know, and just start somewhere, you know, um, for me, when um, things really took off and when I really started seeing the best progress, I joined a CrossFit gym. Um, I know that's not for everybody, but for me, the community uh, and then just being around other people who are fitness minded, who were thinking and talking about nutrition and um, and and just getting the best out of themselves, like, you know, physically, spiritually, emotionally, everything um, that was that was huge. And having a goal, like I had this Alaska trip, something to shoot for, like I had a, I had a very strong why. Like if ever I was like, oh, I just don't feel like working out today or whatever, it's like I had that goal. Like I need to be able to keep up with my buddy in the mountains with seven days of camp on my back or packing out meat or whatever it is. So I had a strong why, and it was it was a um, a goal that I wanted. I mean, some people I think sign up for races or something like that, and that's great if you want to do that. But some people like sign up for goals that they actually dread having to do, and I don't know right. if that works as well as like you know booking yourself an awesome hunt that you need to be in super good shape for. So, mm-hmm. and then it just comes down to like discipline and consistency, man. Just just um, just doing it every day, even if you don't feel like it. Um, and just becoming to where now, like for me, it's a habit. Like I, I feel strange if I don't do some kind of physical activity every day. And it's, it's had benefits in not just in my hunting, but in my spiritual life, my mental health, um, my confidence, um, you know, just everything. Um, it's definitely worth it. And even if you're in the place where the best you can do is to start off by going for a 20 minute walk every day that's better than nothing. Just do something like our bodies are designed to move a lot. And most of us live very sedentary lifestyles. Um, so even if that's where you start, just start there, do something like even that 20 minute walk is better than a zero minute, you know, nothing. So start somewhere. And then if you can find some community, um, if you can give yourself a good goal to be working towards, um, and then, you know, uh, nutrition is huge like you just flat out you cannot outwork a bad diet you can go and crush three crossfit workouts in a day but if you're eating burger king or chick-fil-a every meal and a big bowl of ice cream at night it does not matter flat out you might gain some muscle but if you're trying to lean up and lose weight it's very simple you have to burn more calories than you put in every day for a long period of time it's a very simple mathematical fact the only way to lose weight is to burn more than you put in and so i can guarantee you it is much easier to eat 500 calories than it is to burn it 
it's i mean it's <laughs> kind of ridiculous how much yeah. easier it is to eat so um you really gotta start tracking your food if if weight loss is something you want to be serious about you gotta track your food and work out uh, and be consistent over a long period of time and just start somewhere and if, if you want to talk about more like specific exercises for training for the mountains we could do that too but that's kind of my general thing yeah yeah i got you no that's awesome that's perfect we'll uh maybe next time we'll jump into some specifics sure <laughs> no that's that's super helpful i'm definitely taking some uh some some notes for personal use here so that's cool yeah man <clears throat> but uh i, I kind of want to you know get into some gear and stuff like that um, sure you know, I mentioned asking you a little bit about uh, filming and kind of what you use, but maybe even before we go into a little of that, um, do you want to maybe give a just a quick, doesn't have to be crazy detailed, but maybe a little rundown of like your bow and or gun or what you've, you know, sure. what you've got as far as your weapons of choice currently? Yeah, sure, man. Um, so, like I said, I was very much a bow hunter for a long time. Um, mm -hmm. Lately on these um so okay the, the county i grew up in going back a little bit again i mentioned this earlier but the county i grew up in was bow and shotgun only right. so that's so i got very into bow hunting and um and also my dad was always more of a bow hunter he wasn't really into high-powered rifles didn't know much about them so that's just where we gravitated towards and um right. so i have a, a pretty good so i got a pretty good bow i have a matthews switchback xt which is an older bow but it's one of the better bows that matthews has made from what i hear and um right you know i shoot uh gold tip arrows um i got a pretty basic and i mean not basic but it's a pretty old setup actually i did just upgrade and got a drop away arrow rest um a qad okay. i think hold let me grab it all right you're good So yeah, I did. I did just put a um, a new QAD dropaway rest on this thing, and um, as far as arrows, I'm shooting. I think I got a 75 or 50 grain insert in there, and then like a hundred grain broadhead. Um, they're a gold tip 340 hunter carbon arrows. Okay. Um, my, uh, I just have a pretty old. Um, like pin sight it's from it's called toxonics is the company um okay. i don't even know if they're around anymore or whatever but all that to say is i got a decent bow setup and i do a lot like a fair amount of bow hunting around here in chesapeake right. um but as far as western hunting uh for right now i'm pretty much focused on rifle um and that's been cool i know a lot of people maybe start with rifle and move to bow but because of the way i grew up hunting like i knew nothing about rifles until like last year when i started prepping for this alaska trip like that was a whole new game for me so that's been cool just like learning about that and um so like you know for my last trip i had to get my buddy to help me you know pick out my scope and um i had a decent rifle but really heavy gun not really good for mountains like I made all the mistakes in the book. Like I bought, you know, a rifle. It was like a package deal with the scope already on there. Like the scope was <laughs> crappy and the rings were cheap and just had all the problems that, you know, like the, I found out like a week before we left for Alaska that like 
the scope was uh you know it was like wiggling loose because of how crappy the rings were and um you know had to had to get him help me with anyway so but i've come a long way in my like you know basic gunsmithing knowledge and got all the right tools now and learned so much about it and that's been fun to where again like coming for full circle this year actually helped my cousin get his gun ready for this wyoming trip you know helped him mount his scope and make sure the rings were aligned properly and lapping his rings and all that and get it put on there and then we sighted it in together so but right now my um this year i upgraded my rifle setup and um i looked at a bunch of different rifles when i decided i was going to be able to upgrade um and I came down, I was about to buy a Tika um, Veil, uh, like, I can't remember what, I think it's a T3X or something. Um, and I was about to buy that, but, and that's a great gun. I've heard really good things about those Tikas. Um, but in my mind, I just had this from a long time ago, which we don't need to get into the whole story, but I just had this, like, I always wanted a Weatherby. Um, mm-hmm. And so... I really wanted a Weatherby backcountry, um, but they were like a thousand dollars more than the Tika, and so I was like, oh, "I'll just go with the Tika." But then I was like, "Dude, if I buy this Tika, I know I'm still gonna want a Weatherby, and eventually I'm gonna buy one anyway." So I just, I just sucked it up, and I got a, a Weatherby backcountry in six point five Creedmoor, um, nice. super light gun. I went with six point five Creedmoor because. Um, even though some of the other calibers ballistically I kind of like better, I wanted something that was lightweight. Um, so it's a short action. I wanted something that hopefully had pretty good ammo availability. Like I didn't want to have to be searching around and paying a lot extra for ammo. I know like, you know, under normal circumstances, you can pretty much find 6.5 Creed more like anywhere and everywhere. So, um, and I wanted, you know, a accurate and, um, pretty easy caliber to shoot um and that's good for deer sized game so that's why i went with 6.5 creedmoor and um and then you know got some good uh, tally rings on there and um another place where i feel like guys feel like they should spend a ton of money on a really nice rifle and then skimp on the scope uh-huh. which is like in my opinion the opposite <laughs> if you're gonna do anything i would rather have a 300 rifle with a thousand dollar scope than a three thousand dollar rifle and a crappy piece of junk scope you know what i mean yeah (laughs) and so um and again so i'm like you know i got this nice rifle it needs a nice piece of glass on there so i went with the um swarovski z5 um, 5 to 25 uh scope which is um you know it's it's a nice scope it's one of the more affordable if not the most affordable uh, lines of Swarovski scopes. Um, I don't, I don't really like messing around with like, um, you know, electronics in my scope and, um, and illuminated reticles and all that. I like to keep it simple. I don't want one more battery to have to worry about or anything like that, or like one more thing that could fail. So it's a, just a BDC reticle on there. Um, Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it's a, it's a good scope. So, um, and another thing too, I think people hear the name Swarovski and because of how much their binos cost, they assume that all of their scopes are like three grand plus, but no, like this one was in the same price range as like a loophole VX three or VX five. So, 
um <laughs> not crazy expensive it's i mean it's a nice piece of glass but like i said there's no point in having a nice rifle with garbage piece of glass on top so um just you know buy once cry once and uh, got got that that scope so that's what i'm running right now and and i love it cool no that makes sense that <laughs> It's tough sometimes to do, but it yeah. actually makes sense if you'll invest up front. Yeah, man. And like I said, I just I mentioned it buy once, cry once, but it's happened to me so many times before where I'm trying to save money and so I buy something that's not ultimately what I need. And then you end up buying the thing you need anyway later. So yeah. you, just, you end up spending more money by trying to save money. Like I find and you got to have balance. I mean, you can't just go into debt like buying all this gear, but um, right. get what you need that's going to last multiple years, like right up front, if you can. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, man. For sure. Um, you know, still kind of talking about gear. You know, I mentioned I was going to ask you about filming and stuff. Yeah. You know, what. Uh, what kind of are you getting into there? Because, you know, I mean, I'm going to try to self-film a little this year, like mostly probably using my phone. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's definitely interesting to me, you know, kind of the idea of trying to capture everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with – um. it's kind of like the thing with fitness, like just start somewhere. So, I mean, yeah, if you want – I mean, and, you know, it depends on what your goals are, but, I mean uh, – if you want to get into filming, yeah, just start somewhere, whether it's your phone or whatever you got. But, um, so I, I come from my background is actually, I was a a camera operator and a producer for a national TV show for like seven years. So I, I, I've come into this with a little bit of, a little bit of training and skill in videography. Um, I'm not saying I'm like amazing or anything like that, but I just, I've, I've done it professionally. So that gives me a little bit of a leg up in terms of knowing kind of what I need and what, you know, the basics on how to shoot and stuff like that and edit. Um, so I'm also holding myself to a very high standard, um, which is, which is cool. Definitely adds a little pressure um, to going out there like this trip, going to Kodiak and leaving in like 10 days and, um, you know, it's a lot of extra gear. It's a lot of extra responsibility. It's a lot of extra time and effort in the field filming, and especially if you're going for really super high quality stuff. It's hard, man, and it's a, it's it's another added layer of kind of pressure to the hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, for me, I've decided it's worth it for what I want to do. Um, so I, I've always, you know, the the cameras I learned on were Sony's, so I gravitate towards Sony's. Um, right. so I, I picked up, it's not the latest and greatest, but it was the best I could afford. Um, I got a used Sony a seven S two. Um, I would rather have a S three, but like I said, it was just the best that I could afford and it's a decent, pretty good camera. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm renting a, um, a 4k camcorder, uh, like a Panasonic as the secondary camera. Um, for like stocks and stuff like that where or if I need to throw it off and hand it off to my buddy I'm not having to worry about changing lenses and you know all this manual exposure and manual focus and stuff it's kind of a point and shoot it has a built-in zoom Um, so it's a 4k camcorder as my kind of secondary Um, but yeah shooting on the Sony 
Um, and then, you know, audio is huge. Um, people don't realize, but uh, I've heard even as much as 70% of the perceived quality of a video is the audio quality. And I feel like that's something that guys don't even think about. Um, but that's been a whole other thing too, is just figuring out which mics I want to use and, um, getting that all figured out. Um, I just did a really cool podcast last week with Brian call from gritty. Who's, you know, putting out some amazing, uh, amazing video content and just talking with him was just super eye opening. And, um, you know, we get into a lot of details about stuff, but that's my basic setup a Sony a seven S two. Uh, I got a Rode Wireless Go 2 mics and then shotgun mics on top. And like I said, that backup um, camcorder. And then as far as like tripods, I run a company called Two Vets Tripods. Uh, super rock solid, lightweight, carbon fiber tripods um, that have been great for me. So um, that's, again, that's just kind of the basic rundown. Happy to go into more specifics if you got more specific questions. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's just kind of a rundown of, of uh, you know, what you're using and all that. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, getting into it though, how, um, you know, more so on like the actual doing of, you know, doing the filming. Yeah. How are you kind of like, how much do you worry about B-roll versus, you know, the action or whatever? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm asking? Yeah, I mean. So there's always time to get B-roll. I mean, like, yeah. you know, you're when you're hunting, uh, I mean, unless you're in some, unless you're like in Argentina, like, you know, shooting five cases of shells every day or something. Even then, I mean, when you're out, there's time for B-roll. So, I mean, yeah. And you definitely want to have enough of that stuff. Um, and that can be, you know, just sitting in your tree stand and, you know, filming like birds or squirrels or, you know, getting a cool pan and shot or like a slow pull out from a, I don't know, a, a leaf and the sun's coming through the leaves nice or whatever. Um, there's always going to be time for that stuff. Um, so I don't know if I'm answering your question, but definitely like the, the most important thing or where I put the most emphasis and kind of the, where the most pressure is, is making sure you get those, um, you know, as much as it kind of sounds crass to say, you know, everyone wants to see the kill shot. Like, let's just be honest. Um, oh, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's, you know, I don't want to, I want to be respectful of the animal and I want to um, not go over the top and like only focusing on the kill shot but let's just be completely honest like everyone wants to see the kill shot so that is a spot where you want to make sure you're locked down on a tripod um you know you can see your framing is right um you know i'm going to be recording in 60p which means i can 60 frames per second so i can slow it down um so that's where and that that's a moment that only happens one time and it's already a high pressure time so that's when you have to really like make sure you're on your game make sure everything's rolling because you can't like you can't do that again you can't like oh let's that didn't work let's get another kill shot like that's the moment so you gotta make sure stuff is ready to go for that moment and then you know other stuff like getting the guy drawing his bow back or whatever you can do that later and just edit it in um, 
So that's definitely where you want to put most of your focus. And then, but you also want to come back with as much footage as you can of all the other cool stuff you see out there on top of the kill shot. Like, you know, just the cool stuff in nature that uh, is 99% of what's happening when we're hunting. And there's that 1% of that kill shot. Yeah, no, that's perfect. Like you said, I'm just going to try to give it a shot. So, you know, yeah, yeah, just have idea exactly what I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So we've talked a little bit about, you know, you're going out west and even a little bit about what you've done in Virginia and um, some of your uh, filming stuff. Um, what kind of advice do you give to like a new or inexperienced hunter? You know, somebody, somebody getting into it. Um, yeah. You know, whether it's, whether it's talking about some of the backcountry stuff or just, you know, sitting in a stand for whitetails or whatever. The first and foremost thing that comes to mind is have fun with it. Know mm. why you're hunting. So, you know, I have decided to make this, to make media a part of what I'm doing because I'm trying to make this um, eventually a career out of this. Um, but I see so many guys getting wrapped up in antler size and um, or trying to be something they're not, trying to, you know, film stuff or do stuff like and not really having a good reason why or um i'm not trying to discourage anybody who wants to create media or content like that like that's great if that's something you like go for it um but like like me still like i've been hunting my whole life i'm still not a trophy hunter like yeah i, I like killing matured animals and i'd rather kill a big deer than a small deer but like at the end of the day like if it's an animal that makes that gets me excited mm -hmm. i'm fine like it doesn't like i don't pass deer often like if it's a small deer yeah of course i mean if it's a tiny deer um i'm not saying i just if it's brown it's down either but right um like just have fun with it Re like i hunt mainly for the meat like I, I enjoy feeding my family i enjoy the experience and i know personally like that I I enjoy um, harvesting a nice deer. It doesn't have to be the biggest deer I've ever seen. I'm not gonna like not shoot anything all year because I didn't see a monster. That's just me. Some right. guys might like doing that, and that's fine if that's you. But just don't don't get so wrapped up in you know what other people say hunting should be or um, antler sizes and all this stuff. Like if you like that and that's authentically you, go for it. But if you see an animal that is, um, you know, you can make an ethical shot on it and it's makes you happy, like go for it, man. Um, and don't worry about it. And then the second thing would be like, I, I've heard of guys that like get burnt out on hunting because they have like this number in their head they have to hit. And if it's not that size, like they're just not going to do it. Then they get like discouraged and quit or whatever. So um, don't get too wrapped up in that. And then the other thing is like life is short in terms of these adventure hunts and stuff, life is short. Just freaking do it. Yeah, it's hard. Um, yeah, you might have to put some effort in, might have to spend some money. But when you get to be old, you're not going to remember that it was hard or you had to spend a little money. You're going to remember like, oh man, like I went on this awesome hunt. I had these awesome adventures. Like live your life. You know what I mean? Um, and, and, that, and also like start small. I mean, um, you can have, you know, maybe you can't, 
go multi-states away and whatever you can have adventure right in your own backyard whether it be finding a, a chunk of public land that's a two hour three hour drive from your house like um or even even if it's your deer lease that's 20 minutes from your house you can still plan a three-day weekend where you take your tent out there and you have like an immersive experience where instead of just you know walking from your truck 200 yards to your stand and then going home at night just plan a weekend with a buddy and uh make it an adventure like hike back in there set up a camp like you know sit by a fire roast some squirrels on the fire or something i don't know like have an immersive experience get out there have fun have some adventure even if it's close to home and then if you're able to travel you know start small start in your home state a couple hours away and then and then maybe do an antelope hunt something that's a little less pressure and then and just kind of work your way into it but just uh just do it man like there's always going to be reasons not to do stuff but life is short and we're meant to live our lives and and men i think like we need adventure so just get out there and do it that'd be my advice cool no that's awesome that's that's definitely encouraging you know just just here and just try it <laughs> just go for it just go for it man that's awesome so uh We'll, we'll wrap it up here and uh you know head on with our days and all but what uh yeah man what's next for uh hunter's quest and you know everything you've got going on anything uh you want to point everybody to as far as uh social media or youtube or yeah um, so definitely got some cool stuff coming down the line like i said i'll be leaving in 10 days for kodiak and filming this sitka blacktail deer hunt um then in uh September, I'm going to be going to New Mexico with Dan Staten from Elk Shape. I don't know if you've heard of him or not, but um, mm-hmm. yeah. and and I'm going to be filming for him. So that's going to be um, coming out. And then in October, like I said I'm going to Wyoming to do antelope hunt. All these things I'm going to film. So um, you know, later this year, I'm going to have lots of really cool YouTube content coming out with that. You know, the podcast is still going to be rolling every week with great guests and and talking about those trips and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, the Hunter's Quest podcast is what it's called. You can find me on Instagram at the Hunter's Quest, um, or, um, at Hunter McWaters is my personal account. Um, and, uh, and subscribe to the YouTube channel because right now I'm doing podcasts on YouTube as well as, mm-hmm. as well as some other kind of videos. Um, but that's where probably a lot of my, um, Hunt videos are going to come out eventually. I'm thinking about maybe doing some film festivals if, you know, Lord willing, the product is on par and good enough. Um, and uh, I just finished writing a book recently. I'm in the editing process of that. So that'll be coming out hopefully next year. And um, and just trying to uh, trying to do a little bit of everything, man. Um, you know, podcasts, YouTube, writing. Um, so... So definitely check it out. You can email me hunter at this is huntersquest.com or just um, on Instagram at Hunter McWaters or at the Hunter's Quest. Awesome, man. Cool. Yeah. Sounds like some, uh, some exciting stuff coming up and uh, I have been tuned and I will stay tuned. Cool, man. Yeah. I appreciate you having me on. Yes, sir. Thanks for joining. Yeah, man. Anytime. Thanks again so much for listening to the Wannabe Hunting Podcast, and I hope you're encouraged today to get out there and go hunting. That's what it's about. We want to be hunting, and uh, Hunter was a great guest. We appreciate him. Just thank you once again to Hunter for coming on, and uh, 
Definitely check all the things he's got going on out, uh, especially the YouTube is really ramping up for him. So definitely check that out. Again, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and uh, just uh, stay in touch there. Let us know if, uh, if there's anything you're wanting to hear or uh, have any suggestions for what we're doing on the podcast. And uh, um, feel free to leave us a review um, and a uh, rating here on iTunes. That's, that's one of the biggest things that helps us. And we really appreciate it. And uh, thanks again for the support. Thanks again for listening. Y'all have a good one. Remember, honor God, work hard, keep hunting.